Hello and welcome back to the Tough Little Mother podcast. Super excited again to be back with Deanna Gordon. She joined us for our first episode and she's going to be joining us for this episode as well to talk a little bit more about pregnancy, post-pregnancy, and all things motherhood. So if you're on here, get ready for an exciting new episode. And we're going to go ahead and Deanna, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself briefly again, just in case somebody missed episode one, um, you can start with questions for you today. And we're going to be talking today, especially about postpartum. So Deanna, go for it. Absolutely. Yeah. So I am D Gordon, Deanna Gordon, same one and the same. And I have been involved in the birth world for over 20 years, um, first as a doula, and then um, started training as a midwife. Um, been all over the world. I've traveled and trained and studied birth and um, all things birth and women care uh, to West Africa and Haiti, the Dominican Republic and China, all over Kansas, Missouri, Utah, Idaho, California. So I've been all over um, teaching, training and learning, you know, continually learning about care, women's health, um, pregnancy, birth and postpartum. So I'm glad to be here today. Great. Thank you so much. Yeah, we're super excited to have you back here with us. And in episode one, we talked a lot about just the reasons why we would have a midwife, the blessings of midwife and all things kind of midwife. And we kind of touched a little bit on postpartum. And I mentioned that in a later episode, I would like to talk about postpartum because that is something that I definitely wasn't prepared for. And I'm sure a lot of women aren't. Um, so today we're just going to ask some questions and kind of go over that. I will say like there's some things that with postpartum, um, I remember that I had my first bout of depression right after Rio was born. And also there's so many things like I didn't know that because of the uterus and so many things that your stomach stayed bigger for so long. And just a lot of like had started having some body images, body self image issues because I am a personal trainer and I live in the fitness industry where it's very demanding on your body and demanding on your looks. Um, so just so many things that um, we could discuss, but you want to go ahead and begin by just sharing your postpartum experience and, and kind of what you've experienced personally and then what you do for work in the postpartum world. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I Like you, my first birth, you know, I felt like the, the delivery of the birth was actually quite easy. It was a four-hour labor, came out after one push, like, and I was like, oh, that was easy. Um, but I, I just felt like I was, I was totally just derailed with postpartum, um, during that six weeks after I had breastfeeding issues. I had mastitis. I had clogged tear, I, I clogged milk ducts. I had, um, you know, the episiotomy healing. I had uterine cramping and all of these things. I just, I wasn't told about, I wasn't forewarned. I, I had no idea. Um, and, and so I thought, okay, well, my second, I prepared a little bit better and, and I thought that it would get a little bit easier with some knowledge, but it wasn't. And, and I've given birth seven times. I've had seven live births and, and I'm telling you the, the birth that was actually the easiest for me to heal from was my last. So he was my seventh, um, live birth and 
um, the reason why I feel like his was the easiest for me to heal from was because I had all older kids. All, my, my oldest was 21 at the time and she lived at home or she came back home to take care of me. And I had, you know, six other kids there in the house that were old enough to bring me food and change the baby's diaper and hold baby while I took a shower. All of those things that I didn't really realize were so exhausting and so taxing that my recovery with my last baby was just eons and leaps and bounds easier than all of my previous babies and obviously the answer the key the token for a successful postpartum is not being left in isolation not being left alone and and that segues right into my professional view of um, as as a midwife you know it's really hard to be your postpartum support because you know, we're, we're doing the same thing you did. We stayed up all night. We, we helped you push. We come back 24 hours later and we cannot be there continuously for the next six weeks where we check on you, we call, we, you know, we make home visits or whatnot, but continuous care is actually what is ideal and what is needed. And when I've studied this postpartum traditions worldwide, those are the, the the nations or the communities that really study what they call the lying in phase or uh, <clears throat> the, the first 40 days. Those are the communities that have the lowest postpartum depression rates and the highest um, in positive outcomes for women in, in their postpartum um, their postpartum healing. And so that right there just pretty much, I mean, we could end the podcast right there, summarize it. Don't be left alone after you've had a baby. Da-dum, da-dum, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I I mean, I still, I had a lot of support. I, um, obviously, as we know, I'm a single mom, um, but I was blessed with a lot of support from good friends and neighbors and a church community. And um, my mom came late, but she still came. <laughs> and so that was good. And she didn't get to stay near as long as we both hoped. Um, but I will say, I remember standing in my um depends because I was bleeding so much and being and just being totally vulnerable and holding my baby um just in my depends and the sports bra and feeling like I was just a mess and so sad that I looked and felt the way I felt and I didn't know how I was going to do it and it was the first time that I ever like experienced this in the whole entire pregnancy I'm just totally vulnerable and totally unsure about everything and upset about my body upset about why why I couldn't get my baby to quit crying and um I don't know it's just like you said I was not prepared um and even with the support group that I had I felt because it wasn't family you know a lot of it was friends and church groups I felt so kind of still disappointed in myself like everyone was thinking why is she doing this she's a single mom she should maybe get the baby up for adoption how is she going to do this and go to grad school and work you know I felt like there was a lot of people that were wondering why I was doing what I was doing and I felt like I had to prove myself um and still sometimes feel that um even now um that I have to prove myself I have to do this because I said I was going to do this and um you know I just have to be a good mom and there's so many so much to it you know I have a good good family I love my family but it's not an easy family and so I you know of course you want to go back and be like I gotta be the good example for my family and there's so much that was on and is on my plate as far as postpartum goes and it makes it really difficult um and then obviously you start for me I'm young um and single mom and all of a sudden you start losing your friends 
you know, your single friends, they still want to go out and party and you want to go to bed at seven. And so like, there's just so much to it um, that I would love to speak to and kind of hear your thoughts on um, in overcoming all these things. And like I mentioned in the previous podcast, I am in the fitness industry and it is pretty demanding on the body. And, um, and it was hard too, because I had to balance work and school and everything. And there's a lot of opinions on that, you know, I had to go back to work and school only two weeks after my baby was born. And so it was just, there's a lot of things going on there um, that I would love to hear you speak to um, mothers. And I know I'm not the only one in the world that has these problems or struggles. And so I just would love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. So, you know, what kept coming to mind as you were just describing that, first of all, I did get a little bit emotional because that is a very common um, conversation that I have with my clients is what you just described. I need to do this. I don't want to disappoint that person. I don't want to look this way in society. I don't want to, I don't want to have this perception. And let me just tell you, even married in a stable relationship, I had those same thoughts, worries, frustrations, and what it comes down to is that's just postpartum anxiety. And we don't always um, label it or identify it as postpartum anxiety because our brains are so overwhelmed with that shift in um, nutritional outtake and requirement and lack of sleep and your body's healing from the birth. And so we really kind of failed to acknowledge that this is all part of that postpartum hormonal dump. You know, we, we drop off on hormones because we stopped developing a baby and now our body is shifting. And um, anxiety and depression are huge. They're a huge concern, a huge issue. It's something that we all struggle with on some level um, during that postpartum phase. And um, it's a shame because I guarantee you, Anna, if I had called you four weeks postpartum and I told you I'm afraid my neighbors are judging me because of this, or I'm, and I had repeated to you what you just shared with me, what would you have said to me? Um, I, we believe in you. I, that's why we're here to help you and we want you to be successful and and what we fail to do for ourselves but we are willing to do for others is give grace and that's and that's what it comes down to is we change our expectations of ourselves because we have more demands on our time on our energy and our body is not quite up to the same standard that it was pre-baby or even pre-delivery you know you find yourself that you were able to juggle work schedule and school and keep the house clean and get groceries on time and make healthy meals and exercise and then you have baby and you're like okay of those six things I can only I only have energy for two of them so which are the priority and so we we really we, we offer grace to other people that we just tend to forget for ourselves. And I think that's one of the, the things that we can learn as women in general, but especially during postpartum, that it's okay to modify your schedule. It's okay to modify your expectations. It's okay to slow down. It's okay to ask for help. It's totally okay to say, I am not capable of this, whatever this may be. One of the things that, um, so I have a doula agency and we have 54 gals that have a, an online Facebook group that we're in a private group and we chat and we talk and a lot of the conversation comes back to over the last, you know, eight years has come back to, I have a client who's struggling postpartum. What can I do for her? 
And so what we ended up doing was we created this master list and it's just a PDF and I'm happy to share it with you, Anna, and you can share it with your, um, with your listeners, but it's a PDF that says, yes, I'm a new mom and we appreciate you coming to visit. Remember to wash your hands before you hold the baby. And if there's something that you'd like to do for the family, here's a list of suggestions. And on that list is things from a 15 minute task that is you know, it'll take 15 minutes for you to empty the trash in my house. Great. It'll take 10 minutes for you to change the water for the dog. It'll take 45 minutes for you to do a load of laundry for me, et cetera, et cetera. And all the way up to take the kids for an overnight so that I can get some sleep. Take other kids, obviously not the newborn. Um, but this, this master list we've created and duplicated and shared over and over and over because as women, we don't know what we don't, we don't know what we need we're sitting in a brain fog. We're sitting in this massive sleep deprivation state and we're, we're tired, we're hungry. And we feel like what we need is to sleep and to have a baby that's content and to heal. And that's true, that's what we need. And so all of the other things that peripherally are starting to irritate us, bother us, weigh us down, make our mind kind of go into this hamster wheel of you know thought process. There are things that we feel like Oh, it's so silly for me to ask them to come and do a load of laundry. It's so silly for me to ask them to clean my kitchen and because the dishes can wait. And we know that logically. But what it comes down to is nobody can duplicate or um, sleep for me. Nobody can eat for me. Nobody can make my baby happy because really baby needs to be with me. And so one of the best ways to support a mom is to come in and provide services um, and resources and support and listening ears that alleviate all of the other stuff so that mom can focus on those three most essential things, which is sleep, healing, and taking care of that baby. I love that. You know, I, I think it's also in our nature to, because we are the moms, to just be like, no, we got to do this. We got to do this. And um, we don't want to ask for help. I find that for myself. Um, and then I hear stories, you know, of women who say, you know, I feel like I'm a single mom anyways. I still do everything by myself. Which sometimes frustrates me because then it takes away the fact that there's actual single moms out there, you know, and like you have you have your parents, you have your husband, you, you know, maybe he might not be the most helpful, but all the time. But and then, of course, one of the person has to work, but at least you don't have to work, you know, like so there's like that kind of frustration um, that I always think about. And it's, it does just become like a balancing act because, you know, you hear people that say, well, I'm, I'm struggling in my own way and it's kind of like we want to commiserate together but at the same time as we commiserate together on um, it it doesn't really I don't know do you know what I'm saying it, it no, makes absolutely. it hard to build ourselves up like sometimes I'll have a friend who's pregnant and they're saying you know there are difficulties and I want to be like you don't even get it but then I can't be like that because it's their own problem so then I end up being hard on myself again for saying you know you shouldn't be yeah whining. in our in our minds we're like suck it up buttercup it only gets worse yeah. but yeah but what yeah. the reality is it's the it's the it's the same idea when we learn about being on an airplane what do they tell us if there's in the event that there's a deprivation of oxygen and your oxygen mass has dropped down who do you put the mask on first yourself and then you can help those people next to you. So if all of us are in a depleted state, if all of us are in a depressed state, if all of us are in an overwhelmed state, then none of us can help each other. And I, I actually wanna say, this is one of the reasons why I've become so passionate about my postpartum doula training is because 
some of us just don't have those resources in our community. I didn't have a church community that came in and helped me and brought meals and took my kids, etc. I didn't have a family that came in and laid with me and met family meeting besides my own children. Um, I didn't have a husband. He worked out of state when we were married and I didn't have a husband that was there. Even, you know, you're talking about the financial strain. Absolutely. We had the money in the account, but it, there wasn't a physical body there to alleviate some of those stress and responsibilities of getting kids to and from, et cetera, et cetera. And so the, the best way I can describe that is the, with our uh, advanced society that we consider ourselves so, you know, um, profoundly intelligent and, and advanced, but we've missed out on that human connection and that human interaction. And that's where a postpartum doula really comes in. And what we do with our postpartum doula packages is we say, we can do anything that you want done and we can do it for as many hours or as little hours as you want. And so instead of like a birth doula, you're contracted for the duration of the birth and you're contracted for so many hours afterwards and it's an agreed upon, um, that's just a package. The postpartum package is a little bit more advanced because it's, you can come in and say, I want 12 hours of care. And then that 12 hours of care, you give us a 24 hour notice and you say, I want somebody here at 6.30 in the morning tomorrow to get my kids ready for school, three days in a row, whatever it is. That's the beauty of the postpartum package is you get a doula who is trained in newborn care, who's trained in lactation, who's trained in, and then obviously they can bring in healthy meals. They can clean up the house. They can, they can run errands for you. And, and unfortunately our society has gotten to the point where that's more and more needed because families and communities have not been as, um, capable of filling that need for moms. And so if I could, if I could shout from the rooftop, the thing that I wish that every woman would get is a package of doula or postpartum doula care for after that baby is born, because it's going to be just absolutely invaluable. I love that. Um, but again, let's go back to the finances. How would one afford a postpartum doula? <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely true. It is. It's absolutely true. And, um, you know, our doulas charge anywhere between 12 and $37 an hour. So yeah, they're, they're absolutely, they're worth their weight in gold because they're willing to come They're They're willing to come to your house at midnight until st and stay until 6am so that you have a second set of hands during those night feedings, et cetera. But it is, it's a financial strip. We'll say those of you that have a health sharing, uh, a health savings account, Postpartum doulas are 100% covered from an HSA or a flex spending account. And those of you that have a, a Liberty Health Share or Christian Health Ministries, those type postpartum care is 100% covered under those plans. Outside of that, I think that we go for these baby showers and we go for um, the cute trinkets and toys and outfits that we could really bypass and give women what they really need and that is more service. And so if families did a baby shower and they said, okay, everybody pitch in, whatever you would have purchased for a toy or a trinket between $5 and $40, everybody pull that together and let's get her a postpartum doula. Because in my experience and in my, in my care, there isn't a time that I couldn't pick up the phone right now and say, hey, I have a newborn boy being born in the winter. How, who can send me over some clothing for him? And everybody's pulling it together and hey, I've got extra clothes. So the money that you would have spent on trinkets, and what I mean by that is all of the sleeping bags and all of the blankets and all of the cutesy stuff, those can be cute and fun. However, if you're being really realistic about what moms needed most, 
they could use the service of a postpartum doula a lot more than they can use that cute fuzzy you know bear outfit right I love that yeah I agree it's all about priorities and I think again education I had no idea that there was such thing as a postpartum doula that's really amazing um and that you can have such access to them and they can do so many things for you I love that Um, And I think maybe women might be more prone to use a doula because they've paid for it versus it's really hard to ask your friends who to do things for free for some reason, you know, because I guess you're kind of like getting to that, oh, now I owe you feeling, you know, or I don't want to interrupt your busy life because I know you are busy. Um, Whereas if you had a postpartum doula that was paid and trained, um, you might be more, of course, you'd be more inclined to use that service and it wouldn't feel... um, so hard to ask for the help so I think that's a really good idea Um, awesome Deanna again you've offered so much great advice and I've loved having you here on the podcast Um, we're about out of time so if there's anything else you want to share please do you know I would just love to reach more women of color that would be willing to be trained as doulas whether it's a birth doula a childbirth educator or a postpartum doula because again my focus and my goal is to help women have other women that are there to educate them support them and and help them find um, the, the best resources available to them so if there are any women that are listening that have thought about becoming a doula Um, whether that be a postpartum doula and now you know maybe they didn't think about postpartum but now they're thinking about it I would love to connect with more people um, you know either through my website my Instagram or my Facebook page Um, all of those are Genesis Birth Company you can search me on any one of those platforms and find me genesisbirthcompany.com Instagram Genesis Birth Company and then Facebook I would love to find another group of women of color or women of you know um, in communities that have poor outcomes in their birth and and let's let's find a way to train more women to serve more women so that we can lift more women i love that and does your program offer scholarships or anything like that yep i offer women of color scholarships 50 percent off of my tuition in any class that i offer and then anybody that has taken a previous class will get an additional discount off of subsequent classes so if you wanted to become a birth doula and you know i normally charge 650 if you're a woman of color that would be dropped down to 325 and then if you wanted to take the postpartum doula after that i would give you another discount for taking a second and third class after that so in my trainings i train you know on belly binding on placenta encapsulation postpartum doula um, childbirth education so there's just a lot of things that you know i've been teaching for a lot of years that i would love to find more women of color that um, can represent those communities that need it That's amazing. And then tell us a little bit about the job outlook for doulas. How do you feel? Do you feel like there will be plenty of work for the doulas to do? So birth doulas are become becoming um, more saturated in the market. And I'll be honest about that. You know, we've probably got 600 birth doulas across the state. Um, Everybody in a childbirth educator in a community that doesn't already use a doula, those numbers don't matter. Because if you're in a community that doesn't understand the importance of a doula and you start to put together these childbirth courses to educate women on what is available, then they start to realize that there are doulas. And so um, there's a lot of birth doulas out there, but not a lot that are women of color or women that are uh, familiar with that um, demographic. 
Um, but postpartum doulas are actually really hard to find. I think we only have about 12 statewide right now. And so that is an industry that has just so much potential. And like I said, I've been in this industry for many, many years. I like to help women set up their businesses and find the ways to get paid and, and be successful because as a single mom, that's the number one thing that I, I worry about is financially, can I do this? Can I support you know this demographic? Can I do this job? Can I stay in this industry? And yes, there is, there is massive potential for women to make a decent living um, serving and teaching women. Love it. I love it so much. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, again, just share your social media platforms. Anyone who's listening, please connect with Deanna if you have any questions. She'll be back with us for one more episode, so we're super excited. Um, but um, con- contact her if you are interested in becoming a doula, po- postpartum doula training, anything, um, have any questions, please contact her. And again, if, if you have any questions about being a mom or you just need empowerment or just if you are a woman listening to this and you just need some questions answered and empowerment questions please um comment here on our podcast or go ahead and connect with me on social media we would love to answer that's what we're here for we're a community of women empowering women and you don't have to be a mom to be listening to this um just anyone that wants to help build and lift each other that's what this is all about so thanks so much for listening to tough little mother podcast today and deanna thanks for joining us we're looking forward to hearing from you again soon My pleasure. Thank you. You bet.